And I think for the most part, they've, you know, lived up to those, um, some losses, a loss to, to St. Cloud, uh, lost to Michigan, but, uh, yeah, Ferris State. That... <clears throat> Ferris State. <laughs> Ferris State. Yeah. You guys are. Tech Hockey Guide presents the Chasing McNaughton Podcast, covering the Michigan Tech Huskies and the CCHA with your host, Tim Brown, Rob Gilreath, Dustin Lindstrom, and Matt Cavender. Welcome to episode 11 of season three of the Chasing McNaughton Podcast presented by Tech Hockey Guide. I'm Tim Brown, your host, and I'm joined this week by Dustin Lindstrom. Hey, everyone. And Rob Gilreath. Hey, guys. Matt's taking the night off because uh, he's got some family stuff going on. We hope that all works out okay for him and everything's fine, but he's going to take the night off. Our special guest this week is Kevin Dudley from the Mankato Free Press. His availability is was rather limited tonight, so he'll be joining us a little bit later and not very long, but we'll try and get as much in when he's available as we can. Uh, this week, we'll chat with Kevin about Minnesota State season and preview the upcoming series with Min, uh, within Mankato. We'll, if, if we have enough time, we'll try and touch specifically on our, our favorite Minnesota State player, Tanner Edwards, and his uh, Rookie of the Week performance with his, as Dustin would call it, his Tanner Edwards hat trick. Yeah, it looks uh, like a Gordy Howe hat trick for the college, <laughs> collegiate level. <laughs> but but better. <laughs> Outside of Kevin's time, we'll recap the uh, last weekend against Ferris State. Uh, the Joe Schonauer, if we've got anything to talk about and kind of go around the CCHA. Plus, we'll do our Fantasy College Hockey Challenge and recap last week's goalie duels. Let's do the thank you notes plus a brief note from our sponsors, and we'll be back to discuss the weekend against Ferris State uh, before we chat with Kevin. Fibke Dental is a general dentistry practice located in downtown Rhinelander, Wisconsin, home of the Hodag. Look online at fibkedental.com or find them on Facebook. They do pain-free dentistry for kids, adults, people that went to great schools, and people that ended up at Northern Michigan. Stop in and say hi between 8 and 5 and tell them THG sent you. That is F-I-E-B-K-E dental.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome back. Uh, so let's get right into the weekend against Ferris State. Uh, let's, let's put it this way. They played five excellent periods. And the first one wanted to make me throw up. Uh, <laughs> I was I was pretty grumpy how the week had yeah, started. Yep, yep. And I was, then it got, it gets I was, better. I was sitting better. in. I was watching at my mom's house while my daughter was playing on her iPad or something. Probably, I don't even remember. My niece might have been over yet while that was happening, and I just remember sitting there being grumpy as hell, like. 
we hadn't allowed three goals in regulation before the weekend before this, and we allow a team like Ferris State to score three in the first period. That was crazy. Um, but it was nice to see them bounce back and kind of take control from there and put up 12 goals on the weekend, outscored them 11 to one after that first period. Um, nice to see the resiliency. I wish they hadn't given up that fourth one on Friday. Cause that just felt, I mean, uh, no, it was the, was it that one or was it the one goal on Saturday? That was beautiful. I think it was the fourth one on Friday, wasn't it? The the, the amazing tip. Yeah, that was Friday night's fourth. Yeah, goal, I he think. he came through with a full head of steam and tipped it just as he came through. You couldn't really tell from the replay if it was off the foot or not, or if it was stick. But I'm pretty sure it was stick. And it, I don't know. Tips are tips are a wonderful way to score goals. I'm always it, a fan of them. The the problem isn't the tip. I think it was what led up to them having that opportunity that was a little disappointing. It's it felt like they had uh, uh, let a too, little too much gas off the our foot off the gas a little too much and gave them that opportunity. It was nice to see them step back up and and not let Fair State do a whole lot after that to get within one goal. Although, as maybe we'll talk about a little bit later, the three of us might have been okay with that because of hurting Matt and his fantasy stats. But, um, yeah, it was nice to see the uh, Ferris did not get a power play goal all weekend. They didn't get a whole lot of chances, if I remember correctly. But um, oh, it Michigan... was a pretty even game in terms of the refing, so there wasn't, there wasn't yeah. a lot of power play. No, and, and Michigan Tech did score... Was it two on the weekend on the power play? I believe so. I'm getting my tabs up still. I think you're right. That was two two power play goals. And and sadly, I think the most disappointing thing of the whole weekend for from the Michigan Tech perspective was Bemidji State not being able to sweep Arizona State, which hurt our pairwise quite a bit. Yep. Yeah, that I watched was... those two. I, that still blows my mind that they're playing in that that rink. <laughs> I love the fact that you could see the play-by-play announcer when they pan to the left far <laughs> cracks me up every time. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, yeah, so what do we got? They were – so Michigan Tech was 1 for 3 on Friday. Fair State was 0 for 3. Face-offs were even. Saturday night, Tech was 1 for 3. Fair State was 0 for 2. Tech was a little more dominant in the face-offs and the shots. Um. All in all, it was a good weekend after the first period where it seemed obvious that the team kind of came out there. And, I, you know, there's two possibilities in my head. One is, like, the energy was not in the building because of Thanksgiving, and maybe the team struggled to get in the right mindset because of that. And the other one is just they thought they could win this game by showing up and fair state showed them very quickly in the first period that that wasn't going to happen. Um, yeah, I'm, I, the biggest thing I was glad to see there was how they actually responded to it though. Right. I mean, you, you go down like that to a team that has held off Minnesota state, right? I mean, that's yeah. how they beat Minnesota state. They got the first goal and just held on for dear life. So Ferris has shown if they get that early lead, they can hold it. They, they do well with that defensive style of hockey. But it wasn't and even how... that they just held on. I mean, they still managed to get 
you oh, know, yeah. even shots in that game. And if I remember correctly, they outshot Minnesota State in the third by quite a bit. So I think, it, like you said, it's impressive that they got the response on top of that. It's impressive that a Michigan Tech team that has struggled all year in the second period came out in the second period and scored twice and didn't allow a goal to get back even. Like that was huge to me that they they got it back to even and didn't allow a goal. Um, and then come out in the third and put up three more before Ferris State can get one in the last minute. So it was it was good. It was nice to see Ashbrook put up some points. And, you know, Trenton Bliss and Hallinan and Peritino have been kind of ridiculous, honestly. Like, that line... Well, that line's been fantastic. Yeah, like, that line... I'm sure that's the line that Joe is using for tape to show everybody else on the team what you should be doing, right? <laughs> like, the way he talks yeah. on the show all the time. Like, he's not showing those those old-school guys. He's probably showing everybody Hallinan, Peritino, and Bliss and how they play and and i you know i think that's it, it's been great to see like i don't think we've had a line like that 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 you feel like controls every shift in in a while like uh, probably no. since like connor murphy deathman i don't know if you got to go back that far because i wouldn't be surprised <laughs> if there was like a like a tanner carroll line that was that dominant as well in that era but yeah, beyond that, it does go back to the the run DMC line in my head. Not that there aren't. Unfortunately, problems. that was the only line the team had. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What else do we want to talk about? What time is uh, the guy from my kid coming? Well, I basically will just message him here. We should probably bring him on shortly. Is there anything else yeah, you wanted to say about the, the well, just as, Yeah, just as a like overall summary of it they finally did what we've been asking them to do for like a month and a half. Right. They right. score goals. They scored goals. They closed out a team two nights in a row and swept. Yep. Yeah, came, that's what, came that's what back, we've been looking for. Came back and closed and then just said, Nope on Saturday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's exactly what we've been looking for. So that's and, as and happy it, as you can be for the weekend. And when is the last time they did that against anybody other than like the Madison weekend? Like for last sure? year, yeah. last year they didn't really do it against anybody. It was all one goal games, even if they were playing Huntsville or Ferris. It was always mm-hmm. uh, there was always a, a pulled goalie on one side or the other, pretty much at every game. Yeah. So, so it was nice, especially Saturday, where it was like I'm half watching football, looking down at my phone, and I kept turning, looking at my phone, and going, "Oh, they scored again." Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exciting games are fun, right? It, it's always fun to get into an ex, you know. Back yeah, but you, but you want those games. against you want those against Minnesota State. You don't want those right, against Ferris. Right. <laughs> it's also nice to have weekends where you could just have a stress-free sweep and not have to worry about it too. Right. Although it wasn't stress-free free at the beginning of Friday, but you know what I mean. Well, and then I thought the other <laughs> thing that was age-inducing. <laughs> I thought the other thing that was uh, nice to see was I think. Joe got four new guys in the lineup on Saturday. And and Matt, is it Corsia? I don't I still don't know which way it is. I should look at the line chart and see if he's got it on there. Um it is he, on there. he returned to the to, to the lineup for the first time in a while. And and last week's show, 
Joe kind of the way Joe talked about him last week on the show kind of made it sound like he might not be back for a while. So I was kind of surprised to see him in the lineup on Saturday because it sounded like he was out with a concussion and the way Joe talked, he made it sound like Matt had kind of like gone home for the semester. And maybe that uh, was just me reading too much into things, but it was nice to see him back. Bronte played on Saturday. He wasn't in Friday. I forget who else the changes Gainey, were, but Ganey changed. Yeah. And then was uh, Nardella, I think was another one of the changes. Okay. Yeah. And I think doctor was in after not being Do- in Friday. Doctor was the extra life was the uh, life was the extra the other night. Yeah. So it was nice to see that. Um, but I, yeah, I think that's enough on that. And let's go ding Kevin and try and get him on here. Hey, Kevin. Hey guys, how's it going? Thanks for having me. All right. Welcome to the podcast. We just kind of wanted to hear about Minnesota state season and then talk about this weekend. And then if we've got a little time left, we kind of want to talk about Tanner Edwards. He's kind of our running, uh, <laughs> I don't put he's I guess he's our running player of interest at Minnesota State because uh, at one point we thought he was going to tech and he picked Minnesota State and then he hasn't played till last weekend. So it's kind of been yeah, a, sure. Sure. a fun story for us. So how's Minnesota State season going? It's I mean, it's been really good. I think obviously coming in, the expectations were really high um, coming off the first frozen four in program history. I think for the most part, they've, you know, lived up to those, um, some losses, a loss to, to St. Cloud, uh, lost to Michigan, but, uh, yeah, Fair I think state. <clears throat> Fair state. Fair state. Yeah. You guys, uh, you guys sound like you had a close call with them last, uh, last Friday as well, but yeah, they, uh, they did, they did lose to, to Ferris and Lake state last weekend. Uh, you guys catch them at a really good time. They're, uh, they kind of they've got an illness going through their locker room right now that uh, not COVID, but uh, it's uh, it's decimated them. So I hope uh, it's not whatever I had that kept me off this podcast for four weeks. So yeah, I don't I don't know uh, I don't know <laughs> what, but I know that they had several regulars out last week um, because of it, and I think there were a bunch more that were playing at uh, at less than one hundred percent. So uh, was so yeah, is, Ma- is McKay considered one of the the sick players? That he yeah. played only once last weekend. Yeah, he was. Um, then he got back in Saturday, but but yeah, I think he is one of the uh, one of the sick ones, along with uh, with Julian Napravnik and uh, and Sam Morton and okay. uh, Keto Rosie. I think has something different going on, but uh, but yeah, it's it's there's a bunch there's a bunch like I said that are playing at, at far less than 100. percent So or at least oh. were. Um, I think they they took today off to try and flush some of it out, but. Uh, but yeah, they're uh, they are going through something. So uh, we'll pretty, see. Pretty good to get a split against Lake State with that kind of situation. Lake State can be tough. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, some guys, you know, some guys stepped up. I mean, Keenan Keenan Ranser, freshman goalie, making his uh his first start. Um, he stepped up. Um, some freshmen hadn't played. Tanner Edwards, Stephen Bellini, uh, Will Hillman all made their debuts. And uh, just some guys playing in roles that they're not used to playing in, you know, their power play, Julian, the Provnik and Nikito Hirose are usually on the first unit. They're really important to what they do uh, there. So, uh, so yeah, I think that uh, it was good that they got that split, uh, especially after losing Friday, they showed, they showed good resolve on, uh, on Saturday, come back and win. 
and and allow five shots. Yeah, that's, that's yeah, some good yeah. resolve on Saturday. <laughs> yeah, 15, 15 shots for a weekend, five Saturday. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty pretty impressive. Um, made Dryden's job as, as it you know you know his defense usually does makes it easier for him. And uh, he wasn't tested a ton. I'm sure he wasn't maybe up up for a big test given how I think he was feeling. So uh, so yeah, it was uh, it was it was good that they were able to hold him. It was really quite a quite a defensive showing all the way around for uh, for them Saturday night. Yeah, one shot in two periods is, is that's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah, that's just that's how they like to play. You know, they want to they want to possess the puck um, as much as they can. And, and, you know, they think they're, uh, you know, their best defense is their offense. And uh, that's what they were able to do Lake State. And that's what they did Friday, you know, for for much of it. They did surrender some some really juicy chances um Louis Benone obviously Rancher's first first uh first you know shot he ever faced in college was uh was against an all-american type player but uh but yeah they, they did a good job on on Friday too um but yeah it, it'll be interesting to see that lineup card on uh, on Friday because you know we've got coach Hastings will talk to the media on Wednesday and maybe we'll try and figure out some more but at this point I, I have no idea who who you might see in there who you may not see in there um Friday night interesting that makes me a little more excited to travel down there and watch at least Friday's game. I don't know if I'll be able to go to Saturday or not. Um, since Matt's not here, I can't help but ask his question from the week before. Did did the media press Coach Hastings at all for like putting out his best possible lineup both Friday and Saturday against St. Thomas? Um, I think as far as there, there weren't questions about that. I think that, you know, he wants to give opportunity to guys, but I also, I think he, you know, respects St. Thomas. And, you know, I think as you watch those games go on, um, especially late the, in the third period, the fourth line was playing a lot. The third line was playing a lot. The, the Napravnik, um, Smith, Borchert line was, was not out there. The fourth line was the first power play unit. Um, I thought they took their foot off the gas quite a bit, especially in the Thursday game when they were winning nine nothing. Um, I know that there's, but but they weren't afraid to challenge a goal up. Was it eight? At you, the gotta, time? you gotta you gotta put you yeah. gotta put that 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 shutout in McCabe's <laughs> column, Tim. Yep, yep, yep. Yep. Yeah, you know, I, uh, I hey, I'm just being Matt for a couple minutes, okay, guys? Yeah, <laughs> I, uh, that's a dark I think, place. I Don't think, go yeah, there. Mike, Mike, his <laughs> goalie is solid there. Um, yeah, you know, I, I wonder. St. Thomas challenged one that would have made it eight nothing. They tried to stop it from being eight nothing ten minutes earlier. I wonder if maybe well, he, maybe it was a little spite for that. Well, yeah. I don't, maybe not spite, <laughs> but you know, I think sometimes there's these unwritten rules in sports and you know, sometimes people don't necessarily know what they are because they're unwritten, obviously. <laughs> and, uh, and, and maybe Mike thought that because Rico had done that, it was okay for him to try and do it. Um, my take is, is I'm fine with, you know, both teams trying to, trying to win. Um, and you know, if, yeah. if you want to challenge like you would in a one nothing game when it's nine, nothing, you know, I don't, I don't think that, uh, that I have an issue with it, especially after St. Thomas had, had done it. So, yeah, yeah, I know that uh, that caught some attention, but uh, I think yeah, Mike's it's, his goal. I don't is have out. any problem with it if you're preserving a shutout, right? I mean, right. Oh, and, yeah, especially whatever. for a guy that's the record holder, you know, he right. one more shutout, just another 
Yeah, yeah I mean, for him to get. I there was a situation in the NFL when what the Ravens ran had that streak of 100 yard rushing yard games, and they let Jackson run a meaningless play to get like six yards on the last play to to do it. And yeah, I think you know people are always going to have different. I, I'm fine, you know. Just don't be hostile to people who don't think you know who disagree with you on it. The unwritten rules. Um, yeah, yeah. I think that that's the biggest thing. But you know, it is it is uh it can be touchy for people for sure. Yeah, and we we talked about this last week, but I think it was all Patreon only, so we can rehash a little bit of it. But like, I I think Dustin and myself and Rob all kind of agreed and disagreed with Matt that like it's college hockey. Minnesota State needs to have their foot on the gas because, you know, like if they don't come out trying to win something like what happened to Tech on the first period Friday against Ferris can happen and you might not recover or something like your first game against Ferris where you guys ended up losing could happen because the other teams, they might not be as good as you, but if you don't play your best, they can pretty easily overcome what you're trying to do if you don't. And then Dustin added the point about St. Thomas is the new in-state rival. Like some of it was probably like, welcome to the CCHA. Good luck <laughs> catching us anytime soon attitude of like, here you go, boys. This is, this is what you got no, yourself I, into. And I think it's legitimate that even at this point early on in St. Thomas's life as a program at the D one level, that they're they're probably already trying to, you know, compete with Mankato for recruits. Yeah, for right. sure. And, and Hastings, Hastings probably knows that, right? Hastings knows he's got to protect his ground. And if going out there and hanging a ten spot on fair or on on St. Thomas means that he can talk to a recruit and say, "Hey, they're a long ways away. You better come here." Oh well, no! Then, you that's might what, have then, a, that's what, then that's what he's going to do. You might have a recruit in the in the stands that day that's looking between right. you and St. Thomas, right? You go that's out there pre- and slap them silly, and it's easy. And that's a to pretty loud make a message. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that not just that, but being that at St. Thomas, I wouldn't be surprised if you've got St. Thomas Academy kids there watching, even if it has nothing to do with quote unquote being scouted by either team or recruited that like maybe you're just trying to make a statement that way um at least on saturday obviously um but to kind of get back to things since i know we only have you for a couple more minutes because you're actually working tonight right uh beyond the lineup what are you kind of looking for or expecting this weekend um if I, if I had to guess, I mean, I think you can guess Dryden will be in. He's tough. He was in Saturday. I don't think he was 100%, like I said, but I think he'll be in. Um, Julian Napravnik, I think, is the other really big one. He's such a key part of their power play in their first line. And, you know, he missed the the Ferris series with an illness, too. And then he, he missed again last weekend, as far as I know it was because of illness, um, I think he's probably the, the biggest question mark one. Um, I know that I think some other guys, Reggie Lutz, maybe was playing a little under the weather, um, but I think he fought through it. Maybe Wyatt Amah was another one um, that also fought fought through um, some illness. But uh, yeah, I think the names to watch in terms of illness would be the Naprovnik, uh, Souter, Morton, and. Uh, 
and a Hirose with a, with a non-illness related absence. He's also a really important part of what they do on the power play. Their first power play unit is, is really good with Hirose, Napravnik, uh, Smith, Lutz and Borchert. And uh, their power play really struggled last weekend. And I think you could see, you know, a big part of that was not having Keto and, and Julian on there. They're really, really catalyst in terms of passing the puck. We can kind of make our predictions after we let you go, but uh, let's talk let, about Tanner Edwards. Yeah, sure, let's we can talk about Tanner that. Edwards. Um, so, so as I said he, earlier, he he kind of well, you can go talk about it, Dustin. He's kind of sure. your your uh, uh, yeah, I love the guy. favorite. Um, so we came yeah. across Tanner Edwards like a couple of years ago uh, when we got some word that Tech was trying to recruit him. It was actually shortly before he committed to Mankato, and. We just, uh, he kind of became like a folk hero to us when we started looking through his box scores and we saw that he, you know, like for like four games in a row, he got game misconducts and, and you know, all this different stuff in juniors and fights and spearing and all, all this different things. And, and <laughs> it's kind of a running joke because our coach, you know, Joe Sean, he loves talking about um, hard ice. Uh, hard skill and these, you know, hard nosed players, and you got to get to that spot in the ice and, you know, in front of the net and, you know, out muscle the other team and get dirty goals, garbage goals, all this stuff. And so, because of all that, uh, yeah, Tanner Edwards kind of became, you know, that embodiment of hard ice for us as, as a podcast. So, we kind of have um, been following him for the last few years, and we were really happy to see that he finally got into games this weekend and even scored a goal and as what we're going to call now a tanner edwards hat trick he had a goal a five-minute major and a misconduct in the same game (laughs) yeah tanner uh tanner my understanding last year was dealing with a a long-term injury that uh that kept him out and he wasn't really I'm, i'm not even sure how much he was able to to skate. I'm not sure what the, what the injury was, but he, he definitely was dealing with a significant injury last season. And then this year, I mean, he's just one of those guys that was on that lineup bubble. Um, you know, they've got five lines in practice and I think, you know, he's, he's centered the fifth a lot and, you know, at, at MSU, it's hard to, hard to work your way up that, especially when there's not injuries. And uh, yeah, Tanner got his chance chance uh, last weekend with uh, with all the guys dealing with illness and uh, Mike was really happy with how he played um, Friday night for sure and then he he gets the goal goal Saturday and he's the CCHA freshman of the week the misconduct I don't think that's that's obviously not good but uh, <laughs> yeah I think Tanner Tanner in his his first two games as a Maverick showed uh, showed really well and did did well for himself so it'll be interesting to see um, if he can you know crack it going forward because it is hard because I mean it, it feels like the top ten is is going to be really hard to crack just based on how some of those guys down there are playing. I mean they've got a guy in Josh Grohl who who sometimes on the fourth line who plays PK and Andre Pavel's the fourth line center and he's a really important part of the PK. So uh, I, I don't know, you know Tanner. I'm sure we'll we'll keep working, but uh, it is a tough lineup to crack. But he uh, he did get his chance last weekend and by all accounts showed very well. Yeah, I think he honestly I think he's a little unlucky on the five. I just watched it a couple of times again in both angles and the Lake state guy goes down to his knee as he's lining the checkup. It's, it's head contact for sure. It's five minutes and a game. I don't, I don't uh, doubt that, but the guy drops to his knee to make the pass as he's going in for the check. 
So what would be centered on the guy's body at the last second becomes a headshot. So I, I it's five, but I don't think it's in any way it's not malicious. He wasn't like headhunting that kind of thing. It's just a, a real quick tight call because the way he drops to his knee to complete that pass. I feel bad for the guy that that's how you end one, you know, your weekend. But he definitely takes it. It's right to the face. It it looks pretty <laughs> awful watching it back here again. But the Lake State guy puts himself in a super vulnerable position by dropping to his knee to make the pass. Yeah, yeah. And he just I, runs through him and hits the linesman at the same time. So the linesman yeah. just falling on his ass behind him. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. it's a five. I mean, it's a tough way to uh, to end a weekend where you know you you you've played really well and you finally get to crack the lineup, but. Uh, it sucks for him, but it's definitely a deserved call. Yeah, for sure. Not a supplemental discipline situation. I was, you know, I didn't no, agree that at all, but yeah, I, I, I think it was, yeah, a deserved call. No, and we would have found out about that already because we got right. the, the email yeah. about the Bemidji State player got additional yeah. discipline this week. So he'll miss Friday's game, I think, if they play. I think they do. Yeah, I think so. Uh Anything else you want to talk about? I know you got to get back to work. Hmm, I got, I got, if you guys have any questions, I mean, I, I've got a few more minutes here I can go, but uh, okay. it's, things are kind of slow right now, but yeah, I, I can, I can go a few more minutes. If you guys have any other questions, but uh, if not, we can do picks or whatever. I'm, I'm good with whatever. Yeah, we could. Well, we got, I mean, you got time to be Matt for the, the fantasy. Yeah, Dustin, why don't you run through that quick? And since he's Maybe here, we do a, we do a fantasy thing every week, and one of our regulars isn't here. And if we have our guest on, we let him pick for the guy that's not here. So, okay, it shouldn't take too long, and we can just run through that. He might actually be familiar with what I stole this from, since he's from Minnesota. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah. So I stole this from the uh, Power Trip Morning Show out of the Twin Cities. Okay. It's a um, basically a uh, beat the ghost challenge, fantasy challenge, like they do for the NFL, but I do it for college hockey for our podcast. Quick review of last week. We did goalies last week. All of us scored more than the ghost. And we were pretty lucky on that because Providence benched Stauber for Saturday night's game, which kept the ghost at two points. And the backup got a shutout. And the backup got a shutout, so that would have been a lot of points <laughs> for the ghost. So good thing there. Yeah. The rest of us were all pretty close. Um, nine for me, eight for Tim and Rob, six points for Matt. Overall standings are still the same. All right, we're going to get straight to this week. So I have picked five players for this week, and for the first time this year, we are doing defensemen. Ooh. So I okay. have picked five of the highest scoring defensemen in the country and we are going to um, pick them in the order of matt first then tim then rob and me last first owen power from michigan power is the highest scoring defenseman in the country he has three goals and 20 assists so far this season this week in michigan yeah yeah a lot of assists <laughs> weekend michigan hosts number 11 minnesota for two games so when i put u of m versus u of m got it u of m versus u of m <laughs> yep. second jake sanderson from north dakota sanderson is leading the und blue line with six goals and 10 assists 
North Dakota is ranked seventh in the country. They are traveling to St. Cloud to play the fifth ranked Huskies this weekend. Third, Jacob ben Bankston from Lake State. Bankston has scored two goals and 14 assists on the season for the Lakers. This weekend, Lake State is playing two games at Ferris. Fourth is, and I'm not going to, I'm going to butcher the pronunciation on this one for sure. Michael Joy, Joyau, J-O-Y-A-U-X. Western guy. From Western Michigan. Joyau has scored three goals and 13 assists so far this season. Western is ranked sixth in the country, and they are really on a roll right now. Um, and they travel to Miami to play two this weekend. Fifth, facing off against the Huskies, Jake Livingstone from Mankato, unless he's hurt or unless he's one of the, the guys that's sick or something. Well, I guess we got to factor that in because I'm not picking a new guy. I don't think so. He was he was the guy right. that was available to the media last Wednesday. So as, okay. as of then, he wasn't. All right. So Livingstone from Mankato. Livingstone has four goals and 11 assists on the season. And as everybody knows, Mankato is hosting Tech for two this weekend. So we've got Power, Sanderson, Bankston, Joyao, and Livingstone. Order is Matt, Tim, Rob, and Dustin. So, Kevin, you can pick first out of all of those in place of Matt, if you would like. So I'm just picking whoever I think is going to be the highest scoring. Most, yes. most highest scoring, yeah. So it's, yeah, two, points, it's two points for a goal, one point for an assist, an extra point for a power play goal, extra attacker, or empty netter, right? I go with yeah. And then there's bonus points for a hat trick, which is unlikely. Yeah, the, but go, could the defenseman probably won't get a hat trick. Sanderson, that's a good, probably a good pick there. So it's me? Yeah. Uh, versus Minnesota. Hmm. I guess I will take Owen Power. All right. Rob. Uh, I'm going to grab Joyo, Joyagerie, whatever from Western. <laughs> <laughs> the guy with a French name that looks like Joy, but isn't spelled the same as Joy. I don't. I don't know how to pronounce that. I don't. Uh, French is not in my basket of languages <laughs> that I understand. All right. So I get to choose between Bankston and Livingstone. I'm going Livingstone. So I'll take Livingstone and the ghost gets Bankston. Interesting. I almost picked Bankston because he's playing Ferris. I, I don't went with the <laughs> against, I went with the against Miami pick for strength of schedule wise. I don't, they're not doing so hot this year, if I remember right. All right. Yeah, they're, Anything you want to plug, Kevin? Before um, we let you go? Yeah, you can just Mankato Free Press is, is where I write for. You can find my stuff there, MankatoFreePress.com. And uh and yeah, thanks so much for uh for having me on. It was fun talking hockey with you guys. Hope to do it again sometime. Yeah, yeah. Next time I'll try and give you a little more <laughs> heads up than like asking you at three o'clock in the afternoon. No, no, no worries. No worries. It was so fun to come on. Yeah, yeah, thanks for joining Shane, us. Yep. We've had Shane thanks. as a guest for years from out there, so it's good to have some fresh blood from Mankato. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Freddie, I'm Freddie. I'm sure. Yeah, he's a, he's always a great, uh, great one to talk to about it. But yeah, um, we might yeah, try and talk to him next week since he went to St. Thomas. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah, he'll, he'll he missed. I think he wasn't there when St. Thomas was at Mankato, so he'll be happy to talk about that. Yeah, sounds good. Thanks for joining us, oh, Kevin. Yeah, thanks for Thank you guys. Enjoy, enjoy the rest of your work. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah.
Uh, all right, I want to take a moment to talk, uh, to touch on one thing. We fund everything at Tech Hockey Guide from our patrons. Uh, you can become one at patreon.com slash tech hockey guide. Uh, we'll be doing, I think we'll just call them quarterly Zoom chats. I'm going to try and get one set up here uh, towards the end of December, maybe after games have stopped. Um, when this isn't quite so much for me, or if there's a night maybe where my ex has my daughter that normally I wouldn't or would. Um because it's kind of hard to do this on Monday or Tuesday because we record on Monday and then I usually spend my Tuesday nights editing uh, unless I can pull it off Tuesday day, which I can tomorrow. These quarterly chats are available at the white level or above, which is just $2, $2 a month. That level also gets you question priority when I remember to ask you guys for questions, <laughs> which I did today. We only got one, which we kind of got answered anyway, so I'm not too worried about it. If anybody has any suggestions on who you'd like for these chats, please let us know. Uh, I think the one here in December, if I can get it figured out, we're going to try and do Cam Ellsworth and kind of catch up with him on how things are going out on the East Coast and maybe reminisce about uh, those early 2000 or mid 2000 aught teams that uh, kind of made this podcast and Tech Hockey Guide exist in the first place. Since the podcast started, we've done extended versions of the podcast for our patrons at the black level or above, other than a couple weeks ago. when I, I think we've done a couple episodes where I've given you guys everything for free to check it out. But most of the time, we have an extended version. Last week, I think it was like 30 minutes of cut content. That's at the $5 a month level. Uh, if you guys are really a glutton for punishment at the gold level, for $10 a month, you get access to everything I mentioned and the Zoom video of our podcast. Uh, and I usually try and post that either Monday nights or Tuesday mornings, depending on how long it takes for everything to uh, process and upload to YouTube. Uh, that is completely unedited with all of the content from when I hit record till I hit stop at the end. All of our sidetracks don't get cleaned up at all. You get all the coughs and everything else. So if you want to hear all that, that's at the $10 a month level. Sometimes we get on some crazy tangents. Yeah, that don't make it on the podcast <laughs> at all. Yeah, yeah. sometimes. And then, and then every once in a while, uh, Dustin, Rob, and Matt ask me for a bathroom or beer break. So those are always fun chats while they, somebody does that. Plus, if you, you, if you get to watch it, you can see my sweet sign in the background. Yeah, you get to see his sweet sign. You get to see the original Mitch's Misfits banner from the McGinnis back in like 2004 with the original now band logo. I think we need to make like a Mitch's Misfits alumni shirt with that logo on it. Yeah. It's a throwback. <laughs> throwback. Throwback. It's been long enough. <laughs> and as long as we don't, you know, as long as it's not like a Misfits official thing, I think we can get away with that. I think it'd be kind of cool. Let's put it, let's, let's get it, let's put it on one of the leather patches like I have in this hat and put it like a, like that on a leather okay. patch. And All right. That'd be pretty sweet, right? Do you have a place to do that? You did that for your farm, didn't you? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. just a website. You just upload the logo and they okay. put it on a hat. Give it a try. We can have like a, a gold hat with the, or uh, probably wouldn't look too good. The gray would probably be better. Let's you can see. do black on the front and then like gold in the, in the back. You yeah. Know, like Yeah. The gold mesh. Yeah. That would be gold fine. Mesh is, yeah. As we mentioned a few times this year, we're trying something new. You give a five-star rating and write a review. Dustin will read the review verbatim 
you know, and, and pretty much no matter what, he'll read it unless it's, uh, you know, one of those, like, if it wouldn't be legal to read it in like Germany, we won't, we won't read it here. Let's put it that way. Like, you know, sexist, racist, homophobic, pro-Nazi. Yeah, we're not going to do that, but pretty much anything else goes. I mean, we read uh, Biddy's review about how awesome Minnesota or uh, Minnesota Duluth is. Uh, so let's get some ratings so other people can find this. One other thing you can do is point out our advertisement at uh, McGinnis to your friends. We are actually in the bench of the visiting team. Not terribly thrilled with that location since it gets covered up so much. But it was open this weekend. The sticks weren't there. I don't know if Harrison had any effect or not. He did say Harrison, he was going to talk to the equipment manager about it. If, if Harrison so kept nice. the ad open, thanks, Harrison. <laughs> yeah, thanks, Harrison. Appreciate that. We spend a lot of money on that. I'd rather not have that covered up every freaking weekend. I listened to the Joe Sean Hour this morning. I didn't pull a whole lot from it other than, you know, Joe basically reiterating a lot what we said already when we reviewed the weekend about being happy with the resolve of the team to rebound and getting good performances out of a lot of players and and uh, and just seeing that reaction to that terrible first period and and finding a way to recover and win that game pretty convincingly and then dominating Saturday. Um, they didn't I don't remember them having a ton of questions and None of them really piqued my interest while listening, but maybe that was because I was half awake. What did, did you pull anything, Rob, listening on your drive? No, it was pretty much kind of what you said, you know, talking about them being being happy with how they responded to the weekend. There was a lot of questions. It was a, a pretty question-heavy uh, heavy segment, which is always good to, you know, hear those. He did mention some scheduling stuff. I don't know. Do we know about the Desert Classic coming? No, year? that's true. That was probably the most I interesting think that's, thing. That's the biggest thing that I pulled was that, yeah, we're going back to Arizona. Vegas, um, Vegas, Vegas. No, Arizona. Arizona. They're 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 playing in Arizona because is are they supposed to? Are they? It's a desert holiday classic. Are they getting a new arena next year? I don't know. I'm not sure. If or it's is it going to be back at the Gila River again? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. He didn't he didn't mention that. He said we're playing down there. It'll get, be a holiday conference uh, one after after the GLI. It sounds like because he, he did yeah, mention. It GLI, sounds like it'll so be think. like a it it yeah. So hopefully that means the GLI is happening and it's normal it's window between normal. Christmas yeah. and New Year's. And then the weekend after New Year's will be this tournament in Arizona. This um, is my annoyed face. Why? Because <laughs> you want to go to you want to go to Vegas, not Arizona. Who the hell wants to go to Glendale? Honestly, I didn't mind Phoenix. Glen- Glendale was fun. I like I don't. Well, it doesn't matter to me because I don't really yeah. gamble anymore and I don't drink. So Arizona's fine with me. It's someplace warm and. Those are my number one and number two hobbies. I know, Dustin, <laughs> but they, they're not everybody's. So <laughs> Yeah, it was uh it was the other interesting thing I picked up, I think, was the comments as well on the scheduling of right. how they that, get that was they fun. Get three he said see. three bullets, I think, right? Yep. Uh, and they, they kind of have to waste two to, of them, right? Every year. Yeah. yeah. So the concept for scheduling with the CCHA is you get three weekends you can you know, basically say hands off or we want to be at home. And, and they use one for GLI. They use one to make sure Carnival is a home series always every year. And the the last one, you know, they, I think you said you use it for Clarkson this year. I think, I, I think it's honestly dumb that they have to use a bullet for GLI because nobody schedules conference games then. Yeah. 
<laughs> like those should that should just be a stretch that's like that one doesn't matter we're not scheduling games then anyway like i don't know that's just weird to me and he said this year they used the bullet to have uh clarkson right yep i believe that was the comment but, but next year, you know, obviously that we're doing clarkson again next year too yeah um yeah no it was nice to hear that we'll be in another tournament because i know how important those are to the pairwise um it'll be interesting to see who else is in that tournament next year um but yeah that was definitely probably the most important part of the show that i had forgotten about that was the talk about the three bullets and kind of how how they get to control their schedule because it was the question was about being at home for Thanksgiving and whether or not they have much control over that. And I'm, I wonder how that worked when it came to the, the Alaska double, because it seems like that was requested. He did mention they requested it. Yeah. But it, but it must, but it must not fall under the bullet. Well, you could probably Um, just, you could probably say, well, if you want to do this, we we're we're good with it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Cause not everybody's going to want to do that. Um, but yeah, Michigan Tech hasn't been home on Thanksgiving in as long as I can remember because they've done right. that Alaska double so many years. And maybe yep. it's not yeah, he mentioned every it year, been but, quite some time. But no, basically, it's, uh, it's been at least three, and I've been there for two of them. And you know, someone from the group uh, has gone up. Well, I know, just mean quite three, a few of those years. So is it? I think it's it's, it's three four out of total doubles. Three, but three out of four done. years. One out of four years, tech is not going to both places. So, right. So, so there's a exactly. chance every every four years that they that they don't go to one of those schools. Yep. But yeah, it's uh, it, it was. I think that was those two pieces were the real interesting pieces from the show today. And most of it was a lot of questions worth listening to. Uh, but the 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 best part by far was that scheduling bit, and then knowing that we're going to go down to you know that uh, tournament in Arizona again which I'm excited for. Uh, so anything interesting happened in the CCHA we want to talk about this week? The only other thing I was going to mention is um, Mankato holding Lake State to five shots on goal in the game, but we already and, talked about that. And, so. and 15 on the uh, weekend? I didn't yeah, realize weekend, that. I mean, <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 the day before isn't exactly something to shake a stick at either. No. Did you, you know? see the... I, I think it's a legit quote from Crawford, the play-by-play guy for the for Lake State. Did you see that quote? I did not know. What did he have to say? He said we got five goddamn shots. Oh, I did not see that. No. <laughs> no, the other series that was in conference was Bowling Green, Northern Michigan. Right? They I had Northern one put up six on, on Friday and then three three tie going in. Uh, and Northern won the sh- and didn't Northern Northern the shootout like forty five seconds in or something. Yeah, four. No, it went four. Oh, no, rounds, that was right. that was Clark. Or, no, that was UMD and uh, Alaska was a quick overtime. Okay, that and, was a quick one. Yeah, uh, who do, who else was playing out of conference this weekend for the us? Midgey and Arizona State. Which Midgey was, and Arizona State, which was a split. So, which was frustrating to watch because yeah, that's one you uh, wish the pairwise implications of that were pretty high. And then I seen this coming weekend Northern gets UMD at home. So, so that that's another big weekend for the conference. I don't know. 
I don't have hopes for that. No, I don't have high expectations for that, but hopefully that doesn't hurt us as much because UMD's not 37th or whatever Arizona State is in the pairwise right now. Yeah. I guess the other thing that I wouldn't mind talking about is I've seen a lot of chatter on Twitter lately from some of the guys that developed the pairwise comparison about how it shouldn't be used the way we use it. To like who, who's who is that you're saying to do that? Uh, let me look at Twitter here quick because I responded to the one guy and basically told him, Well, it's better than the polls, the polls don't mean crap. Uh, replies. I mean, if you're gonna do it, if you're just use RPI or Cratch, even better, yeah. But like, where did he say it here? So I got I've got two things on Twitter we can talk about here. Um, and we don't need to talk that long because we're at almost an hour now and I only need about, I think I like it. I like when our podcast is about 75 minutes and I cut 15. That's what I like. Uh, so Ed, uh, is it Trevsker? I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's one of the USCHO honchos. He, he tweeted out the pairwise rankings are not meant to be an ongoing measure of who the best teams are at, at a given time but who would get into the NCAAs if the season ended now? They have actual meaning at the end. In November, they don't mean a whole lot. They're mostly useless until January. And while I agree that they're mostly useless till after the holiday tournaments are done, because non-conference games have such an impact, like you could see by Bemidji State losing one game to Arizona State this weekend, drop tech at least two spots yeah. in the pairwise. I don't know since the since the uh, uh, the manipulator thing on CHN isn't working properly. I don't know how else to judge that. But my response was, I get what you're saying. The reason they have more value in January is enough games, and most of the non-conference games are over. But it's not like they're a bad barometer of how things are at this point. They just can change a lot if teams win or lose a bunch. And at this point in time, at this point in time, they're not predictive, right? It's right. not predictive, but, but nothing is. So what's right. the, like, so the polls aren't any good anyway, because they're all about name recognition. Otherwise tech wouldn't be 21st for four weeks in a row. And I, I do think a lot of the reason that tech isn't ranked and I honestly don't care that they're not, but I think the reason tech isn't in the polls is because those three overtime losses don't show up as ties. If they were, no. if their record was eight, two and three, they'd be a top 20. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's but, because but every, everywhere you look five, at the records, everywhere you look at the record, it just shows up as eight and five. Yeah. And, he, and Ed responded to my comment saying historically the pairwise was first published by USCHO to mimic the, the NSA selection process and was published starting in January when it was more relevant then as others started publishing their own version it became a race to be first now it's all season long and while i get what he's saying a third of the season's over so it's not like it doesn't have value we all understand that a lot can change especially right. while all these non-conference games are still out there and that's why that's why january is more relevant because 95% of the non-conference games are done and also, uh, I don't remember the, sp- the specific statistics, but I, a few years ago, somebody did like a, 
15 year historical study on the pairwise rankings on say like the middle of January. Yeah. And it was like 10 out of 16 teams made it 90 or 95% of the time or something. Yeah. It was very, there's a very high correlation between if you're in a, a NCAA tournament spot at that date it's a, it was, it was a high correlation that yeah. you're going to make. It was really high. And, uh, but like I said, a lot of that's because once the non-conference season is done, you're just playing your conference. The power of the conference is already determined. So as long as you beat, if you're, if you're top 10 in the pairwise at that point, more than likely you're going to beat the bad teams in your conference and play mostly even maybe a little better against the good ones, which means your pairwise really isn't going to go anywhere. Because you're beating the bad teams and 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 doing okay against the good ones, much like how like um, like in baseball, you you always wonder how these teams win a hundred games or whatever. It's usually because like the Yankees twins, like well, but like sixteen games, right? Yeah, like or the the Yankees and Red Sox, <laughs> right? They they play each other a bunch, but it's not like the Yankees or the Red Sox in any given year neither of them win two thirds of the game. It's usually like they're nine and seven or eight and eight against each other. It's that they beat up on Tampa or Toronto or whoever, or the central in the 20 games, they get yeah. to play them. They just crush those teams. They usually and that's don't how they get their Tampa anymore. No, but like there's somebody though. or Baltimore, whoever the hell yeah. it is. Baltimore, Baltimore is the latest whipping yeah. boy of that division. Yeah. yeah. Or like the Dodgers and Giants both got to whip up on Arizona and Colorado last year. Like there's there's whipping boys, and that's where you get your big records. It's beating those teams and playing 500 against the rest, and that's why the playoffs are such a crapshoot because you usually don't dominate the other good teams. You you just don't. Um, not to get off too much on that, but like the like I think they're discrediting that. Like I think the pairwise has more value now than than you think. It's just that there are a lot of games left that can have huge implications. Well, I think there's value in it, but you you need to understand what you're looking at. As with any statistic, right? Right. It, if you if you understand the numbers and what you're looking at and understand what they're actually telling you, there is value in it. You can get information yeah. from it. And I think the other thing that I think the biggest point of value as it relates to the January cutoff is that after all these non-conference games are done, the implication of what other teams do is drastically reduced to your pairwise. After January, it's about what you do because it's all in conference. So like, Bemidji State losing to Ferris State really doesn't hurt you because it helps one team that you've played and it hurts another team you've played. So it doesn't really affect you. So it's all about what you do the rest of the year. Whereas until the holiday tournaments happen, you can have these big swings in your pairwise because some other team laid an egg against a bad team that they should have beat that was non-conference. And those like, like Bemidji State losing to ASU, even if it is you know, going down to Arizona state and you're playing on the road and all that stuff. Like that's, that's the big implication. And then the other, anything else you guys want to say about that? 
No. No, no I think you're you're right on. I mean, the power. It, the one thing that that I do think is interesting is that people are way more obsessed with it than even say five years ago. People are actually understanding the implications that it does have and scheduling appropriately to try to get that. You hear Joe talk about it all the time, and that's something that wasn't happening. I said even five years ago, it wasn't that big of a discussion, I don't think. One, I think part of it is, like like Ed said in the tweet, is that it became a race to publish it first, so it's a, it's readily available now. Like, even C, CHN didn't used to publish it until January in their app. It didn't work till then. And then right. it just became, well, we're just going to let it run from the beginning. And I think that's been good, especially this year, where it's been like, how come CHN and USCHO have different results and it's because USCHO wasn't properly doing the overtime stuff I don't think one minute remaining in the podcast that should do it for this episode of the chasing McNaughton podcast please check out our patreon and join by visiting patreon.com slash tech hockey guide patrons that are black level or above receive an authentic MTU jersey patch and access to extra podcast content including extended versions of every podcast patrons at the white level or above Get access to our quarterly Zoom chats featuring guests like John Scott, Joe Sean, Brad Patterson, and likely next up, Cam Ellsworth. Follow us on Twitter at ChasingMacPod or at Tech Hockey Guide. You can submit questions for email address, ChasingMac at TechHockeyGuide.com. We record about 8 o'clock Central every Monday night, just in case you're wondering. You can send a voice message directly at anchor.fm slash ChasingMacPod. I'm not worried about that. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Google, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you can't find the podcast in your site of choice, please let us know and we'll make it happen. The more you rate, review, and share, the more people we can reach to tell your friends. If you give us five-star rating, Dustin will read the review you leave on Apple Podcasts, uh, no matter what it has to say. So let's get some ratings and see what you guys have to say. Once again, thanks to our sponsor, Fibke Dental in Rhinelander, Wisconsin. And as always, special thanks to Mick Schlake for recording our introduction and our patron saint, Doc McRezen, for his generous donation to get this thing running. We hope you enjoy. Also, thanks to the thank you notes for all the bumpers in this week's episode. If you like what you hear, check them out at thethankyounotes.bandcamp.com. And... been listening to the chasing mcnaughton podcast presented by tech hockey guide covering the michigan tech huskies and the ccha